women in protection how to increase participation and create business success welcome to the circuit magazine the number one source of information on protection matters the industry leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game This week, we're talking women in protection. We're going to be talking with Monica Duperon Rodriguez, great friend of the industry, very, very active. And we're going to look at maybe the underestimated roles in some circles of women in protection, but also a lot of the great advantages that women absolutely bring to the table and we need to take more note of. Elijah, how's this going to go today? Because this is a very key topic, but sometimes a sensitive one. Absolutely, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk with Monica, because I think she's got a great perspective. She's got an extensive background in close protection. Prior to that, she came from law enforcement. Uh, she's multicultural. Uh, obviously, <laughs> she's a woman. So she's got all of these pieces and able to articulate them uh, in, in such a way that it doesn't feel like you know, us men are kind of dominating the conversation or setting the tone. Instead, you know, as we pose the question, she can really say, well, here's the reason why this is happening. Here's the reason why there aren't more women in the industry. Here's the reason how you can be successful if you're doing it. And I can, you know, kind of hold her up as an example of, yep, that, that, I mean, she followed the program or, or she set the program and she got results from it. So, so are we, in your opinion, you know, going to be looking at women in protection in, in, in a similar way to the way we look at the right fit for the detail? So, we want a business associate, they're going to look a certain way. Um, we have uh, maybe a music artist, um, they might want people that look like them. Um, are, are we going to say, well, uh, this is a job for, for families and children, or for, you know, protecting females or, or, or some certain detail? Is that the ease at which we should really integrate this topic? Or, or is there something deeper? Well, I think from a protective detail standpoint, we always want to try and use the right tool for the job. Now, sometimes we don't have the resources for it. Uh, and so that's where the challenge is. And then sometimes we say, well, this is what I've got. I'm going to make this work. But when you can really drill down and say, okay, this is the perfect fit for this, or this is the perfect environment for this type of agent, or, 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 or this client profile would be better served with this type of agent, you have to have a pool of resources to draw from. And so when we have a topic like this with Monica, we're talking about women in protection, we're showing that here are some other tools for the toolkit. So for if you're a detailed leader or if you are a, a decision maker, if you're a, a, a client, and that's one of the big things that we touched on, which is sometimes clients don't know what they need. They say, oh, I need a bodyguard. And of course, a stereotypical image pops in the head of what a bodyguard is. So it's not until someone has this conversation I think one of the words uh, that came up was advocate. It's not until, you know, the detail leader advocates for, you know, here's why you could use a female in this particular role. Uh, and that's how we can introduce more women into the industry. Now, I love this topic. And, you know, I think we, we, we just had a great session in the circuit magazine about it, just this latest episode. And I, I wonder, you know, are we creating a bigger toolkit or are we addressing a social injustice? I, I think it's very, very sensitive as a topic um, because obviously 
if we are attempting to address social justice through our work that's that's one thing but i but i kind of like the idea that we're literally expanding the toolkit i i find that a, a, a much easier way to uh, encourage diversity absolutely i don't think uh, uh we're checking any boxes and i don't think monica would say that she would say she got on her roles because she was the most qualified for those roles and she put herself in a position to get on those assignments once she was on them she excelled in them and that's what everyone should do i think where the conversation needs to be had is is well am i as a decision maker as the client am i well informed enough to realize that oh this is this vast pool of resources that i can bring into you know it's the same thing we we recently um oh we have an upcoming guest um uh, who's from japan and and he brings with him a these cultural pieces you know these things that are distinct about him and where he's from that if you were having an assignment you would say that you were going to you know a certain part of the world or dealing with a certain culture you would say he's the best tool for the job and i think this is this episode speaks to that fantastic and you know it, it'll gel very nicely with a lot of the other work that we're doing in the industry um i mean there are so many uh, amazing ladies and we've had many uh, on this uh, podcast you know it's a very interesting combination well i think uh one of the great things about having a podcast is that you let the guests kind of speak for themselves so having monica on i think she again she articulates her positions very well and then the listeners will get uh get what they need out of it and formulate their own opinions fantastic all right well let's hear from monica and we'll be looking at women in protection and tips for you as operators uh, as always another great episode of the circuit magazine podcast And now, let's meet one of the contributors to The Circuit magazine. Welcome to what we call the first edition of Short Circuit, which is a little spinoff of The Circuit podcast at which me, Elijah Shaw, because I'm never around, I'm going to do my own little mini podcast, and then we're going to fit it into the larger narrative that we do um, with the Circuit Magazine podcast. So we're calling it Short Circuit, and uh, I decided that I could, since I'm doing a podcast, I could bring my friends up. And so <laughs> to help me kick off uh, the inaugural edition, uh, I've brought a good friend of mine now. Uh, this is Monica Dupron Rodriguez. Did I say that right? I that pronounced every part right. Every part correctly. Every language. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every language. <laughs> Almost every language. Well, Monica's teaching me Spanish, but this is going to be a process. So yes. we're like baby, baby steps, right? Yes. Very baby, <laughs> very baby steps. Very, very baby steps. <laughs> Meaning she talks yes. in Spanish and I try and figure it out. So, but, <laughs> but Monica, thanks for, for joining us for this. Uh, again, this is our first time trying this out. Uh, and I think, um, uh, it, it's going to be beneficial because uh, throughout my time in the industry, I've met a lot of amazing people. So I want to make sure that we introduce them to kind of the broader community. And I know a lot of people, you know, know you, but some people don't know your story. But specifically what we do with the Circuit Magazine is we try and drill down in a certain topic. So just like the magazine itself with the podcast, we try and bring up certain topics and kind of, you know, get past the surface level. 
And a lot of times you and I, we talk about highlighting women in protection and trying to figure out the best way to do that, the best way to introduce more women into the field, get them into more prominent placement. And so, so you and I are always strategizing about that. And I say, hey, let's, let's talk about some of these strategies that we have uh, to the broader community. So those are my thoughts. So before right. we jump into that piece there, there's a thing that we have like a little tradition with the circuit where we do these three rapid fire questions and you don't have to spend a lot of time thinking about them. Just stream of consciousness, just throw them out here. Um, but you ready for this? Okay, let's go, let's do And that's super difficult, but so All right, bring it. <laughs> uh, the first one is, what's one thing you would change about the industry? It would be more inclusive. Okay, more inclusion, I got it. All right, the second one is, what's one thing that you love about the industry? Uh, travel. <laughs> okay, all right, I get that. That's two now. And then for the third one, I'd like you to name a public figure that you would like to protect, and they could be past or present, living or dead, but somebody you haven't worked with now. Princess Diana. Princess Diana. Don't tell me why. Just wanted to know that. All right, <laughs> so those are three questions. Got those out of the way. And now we can kind of get into that topic here, which is discussing women in the protection industry. Um, and in fact, this will probably time out somewhere with the latest edition of the Circuit Magazine. Uh, and you're kind of featured in there, right? We have you in the Footsteps yes. edition. And so yes. for those of you that, uh, that read the magazine, and hopefully that's everybody that's listened to this podcast here, they'll get some more on your background. But I know your background. You've been in the industry for quite a while now. You've seen and done a lot of things. And again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, one of the things that you and I talk about a lot is to how to get more women involved in protection. So that's my first question I'm going to pose to you, which isn't like a simple one, but it's like, how, how do we get more you know, women in the industry? Well, I think it's a, you know, that's something that everybody always tosses around because, well, especially these days, because women are more, um, they're, they're being sought out more. And one of the problems that they're facing is financially being able to pay for training. It can be a little bit expensive, especially in some areas um, where um, the pay rate is not quite um, as high as maybe in California or New York. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but the other thing I think too is it really encouraging women to, if this is really what they want to do to stick with it, no matter what happens, keep your eye on the ball, just keep going, no matter what anybody says, um, there's, there's always going to be somebody who's going to be negative or, okay. or try to discourage you from, from not going into this pr profession. Um, let it roll off your shoulders. Don't give it any energy. Just keep going. And, and if you keep going and you focus on, on your skills, you focus on being the best. For example, one of the things that I always do when somebody tells me I can't do something, mm -hmm. I don't say anything to them. I just go and I do it and I get so good that I start to teach it. And my revenge is when they come <laughs> to my class and now okay. I'm teaching them. And I if you it. follow that philosophy and you just keep going, there's no way you can't be successful. So I, like I think I like really that. making sure that women understand that they have, they have the backing of the industry um, and some of the heavyweights in the industry, such as yourself, and, and keep going. There's no way they can't be successful. So if this is really what they want to do, they should do it. 
I like that. So it's once you find yourself on that path, just keep pushing forward. Exactly. So, so now, what about women who just don't know that executive protection or close protection is a career that they could even be in? They they've never even thought about that. Uh, you I know, it is a male-dominated like industry, yeah. and it's just like, oh, I didn't even know we could do this thing. Yes, I, I've heard that a lot. Um, I've had women in the military um, who have basically said, I, I didn't even know this existed. Exactly, sure. Um, you know, women in law enforcement, uh, firefighters, EMTs, they don't know it exists. So it's a matter of getting the word out there. I didn't know it existed. Um, but it came to me and it's like, oh, wow, this is an entirely different career. Mm. But I can still utilize all of my skills, not only just my law enforcement skills, but my corporate skills. And they all come together. And on top of that, my language skills. Okay. So when you have all of this and you can throw it all in one bowl and say, this is what I do. And it encompasses everything that you're good at. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's great, but I think that there's, there needs to be more promotion of the industry and, and really focus on women. Um, like I said, in the military, law enforcement, firefighters, EMTs, and there's also others that could also potentially come into the industry, cybersecurity. There's no way, I mean, cybersecurity can go in and be embedded in almost any profession. We need them. We need intelligence analysts. We need all of these people. So we need to make sure that women know that this is also an industry that they can come into and have fun with and, and really, you know, get, get in there with everybody else and, and enjoy it. So that's actually takes me to my next question here. You know, when you mentioned, you know, like, I feel like cybersecurity or, or, or someone who has some advanced medical skills. I was going to say, because I know, you know, you've done everything from corporate protection to, to working with dignitaries and, and private families. So if a woman was interested in getting into the field here, is there a certain sector that you would say, okay, this might be the fast track to getting where you want? Ooh, fast track. Um... Or, or, or even just maybe a, a, a lower barrier of entry. So this is what I always tell. I, I tell everyone, regardless of what gender you are, if you want to get into a field, number one, educate yourself on it. Um, take whatever training you can in the field, because that allows for a lot of networking. And networking mm. is, it is gold in sure. the industry. Um, and then, and then the third thing, thing is if you get offered a position or a job or a detail, which is, you know, maybe a month long or three weeks long, and it doesn't quite pay a lot, but the skills that you're going to get are going to basically elevate your skill sets and your knowledge, then you should take the job and do it, even if it doesn't pay as much. So you have to really weigh what you're being paid and what you're going to learn when you're on that detail. I've taken details to other parts of the world that didn't pay as much, but I knew being able to travel, being able to do EP in another part of the world is going to give me an different perspective on the industry and what I need to do and the skills that I can gain from that mm -hmm. are, are 
they're priceless. So I'll take the money and the education. Thank you very much. I'm on to my next detail. And I've also gotten the chance to network with other individuals that get to see me work and I can showcase my abilities to other people who have been in the industry. So I, it, it's, it's, you know, weigh the pros and cons and then just go and get it. Sure. So uh, again, just wrapping my head around some of the things that you said, which have been all great things. You're saying it's not necessarily a certain segment of the industry that maybe is the fast track, but it's taking a look at the opportunities that whatever that assignment is provides you that aren't necessarily, don't, don't necessarily have to be just what the paycheck is and see what you can get out of that. Does that sound Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yes. Am I doing that justice? That's, and that's how I started. Mm -hmm. I didn't, well, first, I didn't know it was something I can get into. I didn't know it existed. When I found out it existed, I went into whatever was being offered to me. Sure. Regardless sure. of pay, because now I'm getting experience. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, you work different, different areas of EP, and you start to realize, you know, I like this one. I don't really like that one. And then you start really, then you get to the point where you can get choosy and you can pick which, you know, details you want to go on and which ones you don't want to go on. Um, and and it, it puts you in a very good position, but getting there, you have to put in the work, you have to make the sacrifices. Um, you know, I, we do a podcast, it's not really a podcast, it's, it's a clubhouse um, on Mondays and one of the things I explained was, even when I'm presented with with a barrier, I'm told no, I can't do something because you know we we don't have the manpower we need you. But then you put in vacation time, so and that gets approved. Well, I'm now going to start using all of my vacation time to get the training that I want, and I'm not going to let that no stop me. It's the same thing with with EP. You, you go, you, you do the job and, and, you know, sometimes it's not going to pay a lot. Sometimes it's just going to be halls and walls, basically sitting in a hallway, you know, staring at a wall. Sure. Uh, sometimes it's standing up all day. Um, sometimes they call it EP, but you're really sitting in a car doing surveillance, whatever it is, it's still going to give you some, it's still going to be a value learn, learning how to value each thing that you've done through each detail is going to be key. And for that, you really need to work with somebody who's a little bit more seasoned in the industry, which again, leads me back to the training and the networking, because then you can find somebody who's seasoned in the industry who you can ask, hey, this is what I've done. What can I take out of this that I can put mm -hmm. on a resume that's going to make me look good? So Again, you and I have a relationship, so I know a lot about your background, and I know you came from law enforcement. So, how much of that do you still, you know, well, well, how much of that helped you get in the door? And then, how much of that do you incorporate now in the private sector, you know, doing executive protection? Um, I, I would say probably now these days I'm in corporate security. It's probably more like 40% of what I've learned in law enforcement, because, okay. you know, especially in Silicon Valley, no guns, <laughs> no fighting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but 
There are certain soft skills that I learned um, because of some of the work that I did in law enforcement. For example, I was a hostage negotiator. Certain training came with that. And that training was being able to talk to people, being able to use your words as, you know, to de-escalate a situation, to disarm people. Um, so learning how to talk to people was something that, you know, I was professionally trained in, in law enforcement that I utilize every single day in my job now. Sure. Um, so it really doesn't have a lot to do with the, you know, the, the firearms and the, the fighting those skills are good and they're beneficial. And there are times when they will call for a, an armed security or armed EP. Um, and there's, you know, other parts of the world where that is normal. And for me though, it's, it's just not something that I utilize every day. Got it. But, but yeah. that verbal judo gets a lot that verbal judo. <laughs> it, it comes in handy no matter what you're doing i've also learned that um because of the position that i'm in if i need armed ep i can just hire the locals to sure. to do it they're 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 more knowledgeable about the area they have the certification and the licenses that are required and i can really focus on my on my principal uh, my job is to make sure that they're safe and to extract them from any bad situation. Local EP can take care of everything else. Okay, so let's play off of that for a second because I think that sometimes some of the hesitation that comes from getting more women involved in EP is that either in the current career or in a past career, they've had some bad experiences. So if you're in a male dominated industry and we know that the protection industry uh, is a male dominated industry, maybe there's some trouble like, you know, fitting in with the guys. Have you had those issues? What's your workaround for that? Is it not, is it not even a thing for you? For me, it's not even a thing. Um, and the reason why is one, I don't feel that I need to look like a man to, to be able to do what I do. Um, I respect my male counterparts, they respect me. Um, I showcase my abilities, they showcase their abilities. We've gone through the same type of training. We have a certain level of respect for each other. But the other reason why it, sh it shouldn't play into that is what I tell women is use your superpower and your superpower is being a woman because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we, can, we can talk our way into things we can talk our way out of things. We can gather information a lot more um, easily than a, a person such as yourself, really tall, muscular, uh, tend to be a little bit intimidating. You, you walk up to a concierge. It's the beard, yeah, right? Is that, is that what you're saying? <laughs> be honest. It's totally the beard. Don't, don't, don't shave it off though. <laughs> but we we're able, I've been able to walk into bars that, you know, require a thousand dollar cover charge, but because I'm doing an advance and I, you know, just hey, this is all I need to do. Just give me five minutes. Sure. You walk in, you do your thing, I can leave. Um I don't know that it's quite as easy for men, um, but, but we have a different way of thinking. Our approach in dealing with certain situations is different. 
we just bring a different style of, of being able to do the job. We're doing the same job. It's just our, our style is different sure. um, and it's effective. So that technique, is that how you, you get over some of the object, objections someone would have about the you know, size strength disparity between women and men? Absolutely. It, it should all be about skill. It should all be about skill level. If I have two resumes and they have almost the same type of training and experience, except one's a woman and one's a man, it, it, it should not, the, the gender should not have any bearing on it. Mm-hmm. We should definitely be moving more towards skills versus gender. Sure. And if we do that, we can start making uh, making more women feel more comfortable because mm-hmm. now they know they actually have um, they have the ability to get the work. The problem with EP is it's always been kind of a you know good old boys network, which happens a lot. You know, you see that in sports, you see that in law enforcement, you see that in you know a lot of the male dominated. Um, industries, but if we can get away from that and just look at skill sets and it's both soft and hard skills and we look at it and it's the same, then they should both have the opportunity for the same job. And I agree wholeheartedly, but I think sometimes it takes someone to have that conversation for someone that's a decision maker to go, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, Absolutely. I just never thought about it like that because, yeah. uh, you know, we think that this uh, this industry is just, you know, you got to be a huge guy with, you know, muscles rippling out your shirt and you know what I mean? And you're just going to pound somebody out, uh, you know, or beat somebody up if they, they run up on your, on your principal. Um, but if we look at what, you know, we consider the, the gold standard uh, for our profession, which is United States Secret Service, they come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. And so, so clearly, um, it, then why would we need to just look one way or, you know, be one way in order to effectively do our job? So I think that disproves that myth. And, and I would right. say that you kind of disprove it all the time because, you know, you've been active in the industry. Yes, all the time. And, and I think uh, one of the ways that we can help women get, get some of the work that is out there, there's plenty of work for everybody. Um, but changing the narrative to the client to make sure that it's inclusive of all genders and we're only focusing on the skill, then, then we're going to start seeing a change and, and really seeing more women in the industry. But if we don't have that as industry leaders and we don't change that narrative, then it, this is gonna be a constant battle and we're gonna have this conversation again in five years. Mm-hmm. So we don't wanna do that. We wanna change that. We wanna cause that ripple in the, in the water to, to you know, get that going and, and really make that change. I like it, I like it. Well, Monica, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, can you give us a little hint? What's what's next for you? What do you got going on? The things that you can't <laughs> talk about. You got, you got, got anything yeah, you want to plug? Sorry. Any of that I, kind of stuff. I am very tight lipped on um, on not only my clients but on myself <laughs> as well. So it. whenever it's it's uh, whenever it's it's good to 
to talk about certain things that are going on, then, you know, we'll go. But one thing I am working on is a book. Oh, okay. See, there's something. There we are. All right. Yes. I, so I that means that, that when the book comes out, we're for sure going to talk again. Absolutely. Got absolutely. Because right. I think it's going to be, a, a, I feel it's going to be a really good book. <laughs> well, I, I know, you know, male or female, someone listens to this and they go, wow, you know, she really knows what she's talking about. Uh, you know, I like to bounce a couple questions or something off of her. How, how can they reach you? What's the best way? You mentioned Clubhouse. Like what's the, what's the format in order to get in touch with you and try and pick your brain? Absolutely. So um, my email and and social media. Um, okay. I'm on Instagram, Monica Dupron Rodriguez. Um, and then my email address is a little bit difficult to remember, but it's deadline411 at gmail.com. Deadline411 at gmail.com. If anybody there doesn't get it, they can just rewind it. Podcast. Yeah, exactly. Just rewind, start over. <laughs> exactly. Well, again, Monica, thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming. And uh, thanks for helping us kick off the first episode of Short Circuit. Absolutely. I'm honored. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed listening to Monica and thinking about this wider topic of uh, women in protection. Elijah, what have, what have we learned as takeaways from today's session? I think the biggest takeaway is that, um, that there is a place in our profession for all shapes, sizes, and colors. I think that's the, that's the takeaway, but you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So you have to say, this is what I want to do. And then let me figure out the steps to get to where I want to go. And that applies to anyone. So you have to, you have to put in the work, you know, um, if you want to be, you know, uh, excel in whatever profession that you're in, you've got to put in the effort. And then once you put in the effort, you know, if you're trying out for a basketball team, the coach has to say, oh, you've been putting in the effort. Let, let me give you that shot. And so, so it's twofold, I think. It's that the agent has to put in that work, no matter what the gender is, uh, and and the people that are in charge of decision makers have to say, look at them as a as a candidate, as they would look at anyone else, and choose them on their merits, uh, whether they're going to put them on the assignment or not. I like that because at the end of the day, the money talks, the principal talks, um, and if you don't introduce a new tool, they're not going to appreciate a new tool. Um, which, which I think is a really encouraging way to look at it. You know, you, you, whatever your background, that's your tool. You know, that's a plus. Um, yeah. Foreign and, language, medical skills, whatever that is, those are your tools. And, and I think, you know, we can only see an increase in diverse tools as principles get a bit more diverse and as operations get a bit more unusual in this um, post-pandemic world. You know, you might find yourself on a tropical island one day, uh, you know, you might find yourself in a, in a war zone another day. You never know. It's, it's very diverse. Agreed. So what we got coming up? Let's think about this. Uh, this Friday, we have the Executive Office Risk Management Forum. Guess what? Monica is on a panel there. So we're very much wow. looking forward to welcoming uh, her to it. It's going to be in the UK afternoon, PSC morning. We've got a couple of interesting panels. Um, one is on reputational risk management. That's going to be quite spicy. Um, spicy. Yeah, um, because obviously the problem with talking about reputational risk is you end up talking about why reputations might be damaged. 
And so, you know, it's a, it's a no punches pulled uh, panel look at that, which I think, I think is needed. Um, we're going to have panels looking at the executive protection uh, specialist of tomorrow and how they can work with, you know, butlers and the wider family office. Um, and I think, I think really it's going to be a great way to finish off the week. Um, and then don't forget, coming up in July, we have uh, your course. Yes. Yep. We have the Icon ESI Celebrity Protection course, which is uh, July 23rd uh, through the 25th. And so I invite anybody uh, to come out who's interested. And of course, if you want some more information about it, you can hit me on the socials or at e.shaw at elijahjshaw.com. Uh, and then I can tell you what else we just dropped the latest issue of the circuit magazine. So that's got some wonderful articles in it. Monica has an article in there as well. She's doing a lot of things these days. She's got an article in there as well. Great article by Mark James. Great article by Mark Roach. It's on stands right now. I encourage everybody to pick that one up. I love it. And, and of course, women in protection is a big feature of that article too. So that's, uh, that's going to be a nice uh, segue. And, you know, we say at these podcasts, we're bringing the pages of the magazine to life. Well, here it is. There it is. I love it. Well, um, I think everyone should keep uh, engaging on the Protector app. Keep engaging on the BBA Connect app. Um, we're forever either keeping people motivated or plugging their gaps in knowledge or or just keeping the community t t t together, which is which is a real plus. I, I recently helped someone connect uh, in Australia just because I happen to know someone. I know nice. people have reached out um, for uh, Taiwan recently. We actually found someone to help them with that. You know, th this, is, this is the community in action. Good stuff, brother. Um, uh, I agree. I think both of the apps are a great resource uh, for the protector community as a whole. Uh, and we can find them both on the Apple platform as well as the Google Play Store. Uh, and if you are already using the app, we would strongly encourage you guys to like, subscribe, and share. And if you could give us a review, the karma gods would uh, very much appreciate that. Fantastic. Well, great talking to Monica today. Looking forward to her session coming up on Friday and reading her article in the Circuit Magazine from Elijah and myself. This has been another fantastic edition of the Circuit Magazine podcast. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.